Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. So we've been going through Colossians 3. We're finishing Colossians 3 today by the grace of God. And, uh, and so uh, if you guys haven't been here, you know, the whole thing with Colossians is Colossians is a book written by the Apostle Paul in the first century to the church of Colossae, a church he'd never been to, but had been planted from the church he loved the most, which was the church of Ephesus. But since then, Paul has been arrested, been thrown in prison in Rome. And so he's writing letters back to these churches where either he planted or he helped to plant. And why? Because the churches all have problems. Why do the churches have problems? Because there are people in those churches. I'm always, anybody here, you think, okay, who are my, my, my Pollyannas? Like every time you become a friend with somebody, you're like, this is perfect. We will never have a problem again. You guys are nodding. You know who you are and it's okay. We love you. You give faith to the realists slash cynics, the rest of us. The, the thing is, is when people come together, there are problems. And, and so particularly the church of Colossae had gotten saved and healed. They had encountered a God who heals their sickness, who brings deliverance, sets them free. They, this incredible gospel that delivered them from themselves and their sin. And then people came in and said, oh, but there's deeper knowledge, deeper wisdom. And, and Paul's like, no, 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 no. It's Jesus. 100% Jesus. Jesus is over and above every other thing. He's over the federal government. He's over Biden. He's over the Republican Party. He's over COVID. He's over your finances. He's over the stock market. He's over Bitcoin even. He is over it all. Don't get it twisted. And don't be looking to something else as your savior. And in the same way that you came to know him, which was simply, Jesus, I can't, have, have, take me, <laughs> I'm yours. In the same way that you received him, walk that out. Not by your own effort, not by your smarts, not by tricks, not by having all the answers, but by knowing he who is the answer. Jesus, what do we do here? Jesus, what do you want to do now? Jesus, what is your grace and power here to do? And so that's the place. And we talked about this going through chapters one and two. But again, we've said the best part of chapter of the second half of all of Paul's books is he finally gets practical. And some of y'all were like just dying till we got to the practical part. They're like, I don't care. I'm glad Jesus is Lord. But show me how it applies to here and now. Tell me how it applies to my finance. Show me how it applies to my marriage. And that's where he's been getting into. And last week, we opened the big old can of worms in dealing with male-female relationships, which are always very easy. I, I, I like to say God designed men and women to be so different because only with him can they become one. Only with him can there be a unity between men and women. That's not a unity of domination where only one of you gets to show up. Who here has had those kind of relationships? You know what I'm talking about? We're like, we are one because I never show up, right? You know, we, we always think the same thing because you say everything I say. 
right? That is not the unity he's talking about. The unity of the cro- that's made possible by the cross is where two powerful people get to show up. And apart from Jesus, that ain't happening. Whew. So we keep going. And, and, we, and if you were, uh, I, I kept unpacking this because I'm so grateful for the grace that you guys give us to talk about things imperfectly. But after we got done with Sunday, I had a laundry list of things I wish I'd said. Um, anybody do that? You get done with a conversation. You're like, I should have said that. I should have said that. Well, that was, that was kind of that. And so I did a whole series of videos through the week of things I wish I'd said. And it really comes down to this. And we, we talked about the fact that Colossians and Ephesians are these parallel books that talk about the same things. And actually, Paul would have expected the Colossians to read Ephesians because Ephesus was their capital city. And he actually tells the Colossians, pass your, book, your letter around to the other churches. And it would have been the same with the church of Ephesus. And, and there's, so he says this thing. He says, you all submit one to another, Right? The, the foundation of all relationship is submit one to another. And we talked about last week that submission is the most abused word probably in the church, right? What does submit usually mean in the ways we've been abused? Yield, do what I say. Yeah. You don't get a voice. What's that? Do the assignment. Shut up, sit down. Right? Submit is one of us is in power, one of us is in control, one of us is dominating, one of us is important, and it ain't you. Right? right? But what does he say? Submit to each other. Well, then who's in charge? I don't feel safe unless somebody's in charge and it's me. Now, some of you, including me, have done this because in a reaction to domination and control, you decided to find a place where you could be in charge and control. And you realize the only place you could be is on an island of one. (laughs) And you keep voting people off your island (laughs) as soon as they start bringing things to you. (laughs) And you're like, no, 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 mm -mm. Mm -mm. no, 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 right? And that's obviously not the answer either. How can we submit one to another? And I, and I broke this down. Submission at its root is to be vulnerable to one another, to give each other a voice into our lives. Not domination control, but a voice. And I have bad news for you. God will put his word in the mouth of the person you least value. Anybody found that to be true? Parents, has your child ever brought the word of the Lord to you. (laughs) Daddy, do not text and drive. Yes, Lord, I hear your voice. (laughs) No, this is the thing about submission. Submission is vulnerability to hear the voice of the Lord and not go, oh, you don't get the right to tell me nothing. (laughs) Some of you are like, that's my spirit animal. And so well, let's go ahead, and because he, he keeps breaking this down of what it looks like in other human relationships. Chapter 3 of Colossians, verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. All the people under the age of 18 twitched. Everything? 
everything? Now, here's the deal. First of all, I need you to know something about that word. That word children does, in fact, mean underage children. It doesn't mean just because you, anybody found that as you get older that your relationship with your parents changes? And it should. There are two adults in the room. Some of you, your parents still haven't figured out that you've, anybody, anybody you go home and they're, it's like you're five again. You're like, what in the world? Come on. I, I, listen, I quit being clumsy at five. Okay. Seriously. But he says, he says, obey your, your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. And that should be awkward. Anybody? What does the word everything mean? And every one of you immediately thought of exceptions. True? Right? I mean, what are some exceptions do you think that God would sit put to everything? Huh? Sin. If your parents are telling you to do sin, do you think God's like, yep, that's part of everything? No. Okay. What if it is, what else? Huh? Harmful self-abusive, right? So, so there's the deal. We are on the other side of the cross. We're on the other side from legalism. He's not talking about, but let's, I, I don't, I don't know about you, but I want it practical. I want a little more understanding. So we talked about this, that Ephesians opens things up a little more. So let's flip over to Ephesians. Can we do that? It's about three or four pages to the left. Ephesians chapter six, verse one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Obey your parents in the Lord. You know what I think that means? Obey your parents parents in the Lord. In other words, not in your own strength. Anybody obeyed your parents this way? Oh, I'm just, I am sitting down on the inside, but I'm standing up, you know, on the outside, right? Or the other way around, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have obeyed them in word, but not in spirit. In the Lord. In fact, he is saying, obey supernaturally. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with the promise. What's, the, what's, the, what's he talking about? Do you, if you guys remember, before the Israelites said, we don't want a relationship with you, God, in Exodus 20, we just want the law, there were only 10 rules. You guys remember? The 10 commandments. So this is one of the commandments, right? What does it say? Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. In other words, an automatic benefit. So what's the benefit of honoring your father and mother? That it may go well with you. Some of you are like, yeah, that's what my mom said. You want it to go well with you? (laughs) That's not what he's talking about, just to be clear. (laughs) That it may go well with you and you may live a long life (laughs) on earth. (laughs) I will send you to Jesus. Let him deal with you. Right? Yeah, yeah, I brought you into the world like, take you out. No, that's not what he's talking about. Let me back up. What is the word? So he's saying obey your parents in the Lord means to honor your parents. So what does honor mean? Honor is this idea. It goes back to, if you dig into it in the Hebrew and all this, 
it goes back to a right weight. In the ancient world, when you bought things, you had to measure things out with weights. And one of the ways they would trick people is they would drill out the weight so it was not a correct weight. It said you were buying a pound of flour, but you're only buying half a pound, right? Honor means to have the correct value for a thing. Anybody got into this thing? You don't value me, so I'm not going to value you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Honor your parents doesn't say honor them when they honor you. A friend of mine, Scott Thompson, some of you all know from Bethel, says this phrase, honor only begins when people are dishonorable. So it's not honor when you act like a good person. I go, wow, you're a good person. Honor is when you're not acting like who God says you are, and I call out who you actually are. I know who you are. I mentioned last week, I confessed something to Masha years ago that should be hurting to her. And she looked me in the eye and said, I forgive you, but that's not who you are. That was honoring me. That was reminding me who I am. It was treating me as I am, not as I was behaving. Does that make sense? That is real honor. Real honor is to treat someone not as they've treated you, but as God says they are. Honor your father and mother. And, and so I remember, I remember having this conversation. I was 17, and, and I was having a debate with my friends, the Beatty twins, about this verse. You know it gets real, right? You know what? I, you know, you're like, you're like, you're like my. And so they were talking about how they were kind of sneaking around on their dad, and I was like, dude, that's like disobedient. And they're like, have you seen my dad? Anybody here? You justify dishonor? Getting awkward. <laughs> honor your father and mother. Why? Because it will go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Let me give you a negative version of that. There is a psychological cycle that's recognized. When a young man sees his mother being abused by men, he says in his heart, I will never be that person. What is, there's a high degree of percentage of chance of happening. He will then himself become the very thing he hates. When we dishonor our parents, we actually end up repeating what is dishonorable in them. When we dishonor, when we focus on what is in them that is not who they are called to be, we in fact guarantee that we ourselves will repeat what they have done. Every single one of us have parents who are deeply flawed. And every one of us who is parents are deeply flawed. <laughs> every single one of us have things in us that, that disqualify us from being listened to by other people in our lives. That whole thing of submitting one to another. Every single one of us. And when somebody brings something to us, when somebody comes to us with the word of the Lord, or they come to us, or as a parent tells us something to do, and our heart, what do we go to? I don't want to do that. I immediately go to what? My long list of disqualifications. True? Wow, it's getting very quiet. This is why it's obey in the Lord. Because it's not something you and I can do. 
from the heart. It's something we have, God, <laughs> need a little bit of help here. God, what would you have me do here? What would you have me do? Show me, change my heart. Because right now, if I do what they say, it's going to be me sitting, standing up on the inside and sitting on the outside. It's not going to be from the heart for sure. And actually right now, I don't even want to do it not from the heart. <laughs> I just want to show them the middle finger of fellowship. Which is called disrespect, right? Oh my gosh, can I make it so real, y'all? I'm going to hide. Y'all are on your own. <laughs> yeah. Woo! All right, y'all. So I'm speaking to myself and to everyone else, okay? So as parents, right, as people who are in authority in our households, when we sit around our dinner table and we are dishonoring and disrespectful to the authorities, what, kind what of are we modeling? What kind of authorities? What kind of authorities? Yeah. What, as adults, what out. kind of authorities do we get? What do we hash around di the dinner table? The government. Government. The government. Pastors? You wouldn't. <laughs> I am offended. Bosses. Teachers. Our own parents. The police. The HOA board. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> the, the IRS. Okay, we'll just stop there. Big pharma, who cares? Whatever. Stay with me. When we do that, when we are dishonoring and, dis and, and we are, I'm sorry, speaking the truth without love. Go ahead. <laughs> what are we teaching? And what, what can we expect from our sowing? How are they going to experience us as their authority? Going to reap it. That's We're right. We're going to reap it. Dishonoring. It's probably unrealistic to expect for them to be honoring and respectful when we allow ourselves absolutely flippant, disrespectful attitude. But they deserve it. They do. <laughs> I know. I know. You're speaking to like the most cynical person, right? I've been, I was brought up in the Soviet Union. I have deep distrust of everything. <laughs> <laughs> And I have to like really uh, monitor my speech and what I portray, especially in front of my daughter, right? Because there's been such a, um, I really believe it's been an assignment against um, authority against fathers, right? That just like every movie you see, like fathers are just made fun of and just like every authority is seen as um, bad or something twisted or like out for their own um, good and there's this perception um, that I can just make fun of them, I can just make fun of the authority. Let me make it clear, we don't have to agree and we can tell our children that we do not agree, right? With and, if all it, the decisions. and if it's sinful and harmful, we don't have to do it, but... But we do not... What I can't pronounce all that stuff. Assassinate. Assassinate. Assa yeah. Character assassinate. 
Can you please help me say it? We do not, yeah. We do not assassinate their character, their person. I'm about to get real with y'all. Okay, Gird be yourselves careful. up. Be careful. <laughs> I've watched this. I'm just going to get real with you. When you choose, you can figure this one out. When you choose to laughingly assassinate the character of a person, you have just gone to where? Which level? Which level is disrespect on? Which kingdom is it part of? Which, le- which kingdom is honor part of? Heaven. Heaven. When we walk in disrespect and dishonor, which kingdom are we partnering with? But I'm right. Okay, this is getting harsh. So I, I, right now, uh, every single one of you have a few what ifs already in your head. You're like, yeah, 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 but, 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 but. And everybody's, I see the nods. They're like, yes, <laughs> except in this case. Let me give you an example. There is this guy. Imagine you are, I don't know, 13, 14 years of age, and your homeland, like say Syria, is destroyed. You are captured, ripped from your family. You don't know if they're still alive. You are taken away. You are castrated, sexually molested, and thrown into the very system that did this to you. Like say ISIS. And you, what would you do at that point? Would, how would you walk? Would you feel justified in dishonor? Forget about dishonor. Forget about character assassination. We're going for real assassination. Yes, me. Okay. In the first row. So it didn't just happen to one guy. It happened to him and three other guys. Their names were Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego. And, the ne- and let me just tell you, we, we put things, when things get far away in history, they look pretty. Babylonian government was one of the sickest, nastiest, perverted, abusive governments that ever walked the earth. And he was thrown right in there and forced to act like nothing was going on. And they said, and you watch him, and they said, they put him, but they, you know, they put him into this school, and they, and they tell him, and he's struggling, how do I honor, how do I do, walk this out? And they said, here you go, and they gave him the best food, but it was food that had been offered to idols. Now, you got to understand there, there's nothing explicit in the Torah that says you can't eat food offered to idols. Anybody here, when things get awkward, you, you start getting all legalistic? <laughs> but it violated his heart. And he said, guys, eat. so there was a rule, he was supposed to eat that. But what did he say? He went to the guy and said, I can't. And the guy said, you better or they're going to kill me. He said, and instead of attacking the guy instead of being offended at the guy instead of going after him instead of assassinating his character instead of freaking out on the babylonian empire what did he do he got a divine download of a strategy see the enemy you know you're listening to the enemy because you only have two options die quick or die slow or better yet you die (laughs) or they die right and in this place what does he do he gets a divine download he goes here's the deal my buddies and me we're going to eat we're going to go totally vegan and you watch us. If we don't look healthy after a month or whatever it is, you see 10 days, 
You guys read your Bibles. Good for you. Um, <laughs> after 10 days, you check. If it's not, listen, if you are trusting in the Lord, if you are honoring in the Lord, if you are obeying in the Lord, it should bear supernatural fruit. Then you see if there's a difference. And guess what? There was a difference. They looked better. Apparently some of us should go vegan. I don't know. But, but here, what happens is they keep walking. If you watch his entire life, he's walking in this. There's this amazing moment. The King Nebuchadnezzar, the very guy who had all this done to him. At one point, he is becoming so inflated in his ego that he literally thinks he's God. Anybody know, have a boss like that? And what does he do? He goes, it, the, the, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream that he's going to lose everything. And Daniel, he says, Daniel, what does it mean? And Daniel says this amazing thing. Oh, king, worried about anybody else except you. Dude, I'd be like, finally, <laughs> taking y'all all out. Y'all Democrats, you Republicans, you Libertarians, take them all out. Burn it to the ground. Right? Wouldn't you? If that was where you were at? Instead, he says, oh, that it were not about you. And he says, but I got good news, king. If you'll go the course in seven years, it will all be returned to you. Let's keep going. We'll finish this out. Ephesians chapter 6. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. That's the other piece. Remember we talked about submit one to another? Parents, you got to submit to your kids. <laughs> it's mutual submission. Any, okay, okay. What does exasperate your children mean, fathers? Aggravate? Frustrate? Constantly set the bar higher? Never enough? Adult expectations for children. I, I'll be honest. I've had that moment where, you know, our little one was losing it as a toddler. And so I began to lose it. And Jesus said, wow, you know what she's doing is very age appropriate. <laughs> you, on the other hand. <laughs> Exasperate is to exert your power for your own sake. We have been given authority. If we have authority in someone's lives, it is for their good, not our own. That is mutual submission. To serve. We, that's why, we, we, you know, it said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did he do that? He died for her. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Give up your life. Yes. Serve. We, if you've been given authority and power, it is to serve, not to be served. Come on. Come on. And that's why Jesus demonstrated it, right? When he comes and he washes the feet, right? He's the most powerful guy in the universe. And he lowers himself down to serve, right? Such a different attitude. I think we got it all flipped. So in the kingdom, the more power you get, the more authority you have, the more you're called to serve. <laughs> right? Come on. But how can I give when I have nothing to give? 
if they have to obey in the Lord, you have to serve in the Lord. It's going to be supernatural or it's going to be yucky. So bringing them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. All right. Let's keep going. Verse 5 of chapter 6. Slaves, obey your earthly masters. Now, I've got to tell you this. Slavery in the ancient world, in, in the Roman Empire, sometime, in some places, it was 90% of the people were slaves. Now, this was, by and large, not chattel slavery, such as was practiced in the American South. In other words, the worst form of slavery. But it, <laughs> there were levels. So he's talking to all people who are slaves. Now, I don't know about you. If I was a slave, I would uh, claim an exemption. No? Am I the only one? Do do you know what I... So what would slavery look like in that culture? Well, it it was everything from your normal work job, what we would call a salary job, like literally they go to work and go home, have their own home, home families, all the way down to chattel slavery, all levels of slavery he's talking to. So, so here's the deal. But again, who here, you, you are honoring and respectful and obedient up to a point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, <laughs> right? I know. Like <laughs> and as soon as you're not, or you start to rehearse all the reasons why you're not. Four of us. Excellent. <laughs> the rest of you may leave. <laughs> He says, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear. He's not talking terror. He means, he means literally like recognizing the authority that they have been given. Reverence. There you go. And with sincerity of heart. Oh, now that's just too far. That is just too far. Remember what I said, obey in the Lord? He's talking about something supernatural. If you haven't figured this out yet. I feel like to us, it's mostly applies for the employers, right? Employees. Yeah, like, no, absolutely. Absolutely. In this context, it's about employees. With sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ, have you seen my boss? Okay, who here has had at some point a boss who is utterly not deserving of any respect, any honor, anything? Okay, good. We're in the right place. What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Just as you would obey Christ. Now, again, we've got to put a caveat. Is is Christ going to tell you to do sin? Is Christ going to call you to violate your conscience? No. No. But we can stand up to those things in honor without being dishonorable, without being disrespecting. We can still... Obey them, not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. I'm just going to say something harsh for a second. Okay. Who here have felt led to disobey your boss? Okay. And this is how you did it. We going out in style. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh. Okay, let me show you what it looks like in the Bible. Because your boss didn't do this. Those three young boys, they were told they needed to bow down to the golden idol. And maybe your boss has asked you to bow down to the golden idol. I don't know. 
That was a word for somebody. <laughs> wow. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> it says, bow down to this idol or you'll be thrown into the furnace. And what do they do? Do they run and hide? No. no. Do they act like they're keeping the rules but not? No. They don't keep them. They go. They just stand there. Not with guns out. <laughs> All thugging. They stand there. They wait. They get arrested. And what do they do? He says, I'll give you one more chance. They said, bro, I'm so sorry. He said, I'm going to kill you. He said, we know. But our king that we serve is greater. They don't say that with guns blazing. They're simply saying, we serve a greater king. They continue to say, oh, king, they're respectful. I don't know about you. At any point, my respect is going out the windows when the guy says, I'm going to kill you. Right? <laughs> I, I mean, that's I'm like, <laughs> like, I'd be like, okay, Nebby. Let me tell you how it's rolling right now. No, instead they go, oh, king. <laughs> they, stay, they stay in this place. They said, but even if he doesn't deliver us, we have to serve him. That's a standard. Do you see that? That is a standard only achievable by Holy Spirit in you. Amen. Listen, that is not possible apart from Holy Spirit on the inside. How is that possible? Listen to what they said. And this is the key part. And listen, this is a fight. This is a wrestle. You've got to wrestle to get here. What do they say? They say, God will protect us. Oh, I've been in this situation. Man, I, I, I've had some very interesting bosses with some very interesting ideas of morality, interesting ideas on uh, <laughs> legality. God, how do I do this? And wrestling, and, I, and this is because we start to dishonor as a means of self-protection, don't we? You don't get to speak in my life. Yeah. You don't, sir. Right? And I know this place really well. And in this place going, God, if I lay down my dishonor and disrespect, if I choose to honor what is honorable in them, even when they're not recognizing it, if I choose not to defend myself, mm -hmm. here's the big one. God, can you protect me? Mm -hmm. Will you protect me? You have to settle that for yourself because you cannot obey from the heart if you don't believe, don't know that he's got your back. Mm -hmm. And they knew that. Mm -hmm. Why? How do I know? Because they went sauntering right into the fiery furnace. <laughs> Just, <laughs> and I, hey, wait, wait, wait. I got to cue my playlist. All right, we're good. All right, let's go. And who do they meet in the middle of the fiery furnace? Jesus. It's seven times hotter. It killed the very people that threw them in. They, listen, they kept their heart right because they trusted in their God to defend them. Stay with me. We talk about this all the time with vaccines. Some of y'all, it is against your conscience to take a vaccine. Awesome. Some of y'all, it's your conscience to take the vaccine. Fine. Whatever you do, don't do it out of fear and don't do it because you're all gangsta and throwing up gang signs on it, on the government or on big pharma. But God is bigger than the big government, bigger than pharmacy, bigger than any pill. God is bigger than, in fact, we are told we will drink deadly poisons and they won't kill us. I'm fairly confident. But you need to follow your conscience. Yes. And walk in obedience to God, but not bring it on anybody else and not do it out of fear, mm -hmm. but do it, God, if I, because some of you, you have said, God, I can't take the vaccine. Will you keep me safe at my job if I don't? 
Mm-hmm. And he has said yes, and you've walked that out. Mm-hmm. Some of you said, God, I will take the vaccine even though it scares the living tar out of me. Will you protect me if I take it? And he said yes, and you did. Listen. But follow your conscience. Do not listen to just other people or just if, if it violates your conscience. But if it's on the internet. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you this. If you're listening to something on the internet and it causes <gasps> to rise up, that is the devil. If it rises up on the internet and causes fear, that's the devil. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. You've got to settle that. You've got to settle that. You've got to settle that once and for all. Obey them. All right. Serve wholeheartedly. Again, you cannot serve wholeheartedly unless it is what? He says it. As if you were serving the Lord. You have to serve the Lord. You have to do it as serving the Lord. And guess what? In the end, he'll probably have you washing that boss's feet. I can't even tell you some of the stories of bosses I've had. But also the very bosses that I've had that I've then had opportunity to bless with Jesus. Because I walked with my heart right. I'm not saying it was easy. Don't give me. And not every time. And not every. <laughs> See, this is why you have to walk it this out in community. This is the reality, right? Because it's reality. It's real. You need people around you. Okay, who here? You, you have been really frustrated with a boss, and you start to vomit it in front of your friends. And, you can, see, and you can see on their face. They're like. You're like, no, 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 it's him who's horrible. And you're like, just saying. As if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. Who is the one who brings the benefit? If you and I want to meet our own needs, it will always be never enough. But if we will serve him as I serve those he's put in our lives as unto the Lord, he in due season will bring the reward. He is the one who will care for our needs. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. What way? Mutual submission. If you are a boss, You need to be submitting to your workers. Why? I love something I heard recently. Capitalism for the sake of of personal gain is straight from hell. Capitalism for the sake of serving others and lifting up the weak is straight from heaven. In other words, if you have been made a boss, it's to raise up and to serve those who you lead. Not just to use them for your own benefit. Do not threaten them. <laughs> Since threaten means, and by the way, in their world, threaten wasn't threaten like we think threaten. Threaten was like literally, if you were a slave and you ran away, two things would happen to you. 99% of the time, they would just kill you on sight. The other, if they, wanted, if they valued your services, they'd brand you with slave across your forehead. So you'd never run again. What he means is don't use your, the power you have to abuse your people to make them do what you want. That goes for parents as well, by the way. 
Do not threaten them since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven. (laughs) And there is no favoritism in him. All right, let's flip back to Colossians and we end. Twenty-three, verse twenty-three. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. He keeps saying this thing, all your heart. And and do you know that when I am afraid of someone, when I am feeling dominated and controlled, when I feel I have to protect myself, guess what I do? I portion out my heart. I separate it away in a little box. Don't. I, am I the only one? I like a push back. I'm like. With my whole heart. The only way I can be safe enough to show up with my whole heart, because that's vulnerable, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Vulnerable. The only way I can do that is, God, will you protect me? Will you be my promoter? Will you be my savior? Will you be the one who cares for me? When I stand up and say, O King, (laughs) right? Wow. Can I stay vulnerable? Can I stay respectful? Can I stay honoring when they are not honorable? When I, I can honor what is, what is honorable in people who are fundamentally dishonorable? Whatever you do, work at it with your whole heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. By the way, again, inheritance, is, inheritance isn't just when you die. In Judaism, it's people like, you know, no, it, it, it's, it's actually inheritance. You get inheritance in the ancient world when you hit maturity. Anybody were like, I, I want to mature. I want to be mature. <laughs> when I use my inheritance. Yeah, uh-huh. You can be, when you can be trusted with it and not blow it like a trust fund baby from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord you are, you are serving. Here's the last thing. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs and there is no favoritism. Anybody here, you're waiting for somebody else to get theirs before you'll do what God has called you to do? Your only time you will begin to honor and to submit or honor and and bless or honor or serve from your heart is once the wrongs have been righted. He says, trust me, I got this. The final thing I want to say with all of this is there is a difference between honor and boundaries. That's what we were talking about. Listen, if there are dangerous people, you don't have to make yourself physically and emotionally vulnerable to them. But part of that is learning to allow God to protect your heart. Because when we protect our heart, it becomes brittle and we become hiding from everything. Well, and he can give wisdom then, right? In which which situations to step out and to distance and to... um... You know, I, I literally, I walked through with a friend out of a situation where he was being dominated and controlled. He was feeling very afraid. And, uh, and we walk through this and honestly, there were two th- ways he wanted to get out of this relationship. Do you know what the two were? Cut and run. Cut and run. Du- duck out in the middle of the night. What was the other one? Come on. <laughs> right? You all know those are the only two answers, right? 
And I'm so impressed. He walked out a period of months of carefully surrendering his heart to the Lord, walking in honor towards dishonorable people, letting God protect it. And he, le- and he stepped away from this relationship so well. And the best part is he left with his heart intact. Some of us, we have a whole host of relationships. Anybody have some places you can't go back to? God doesn't want that. He wants that you would be whole and that the very places that you've had to leave stuff on the ground, he wants to bring back to you and bring wholeness to. Okay, who's triggered today? <laughs> like, bull, why did you have to go there? <laughs> but, it, but listen, if the, go- the gospel has to be real, it has to apply or it's not good news. It has to. That's why we constantly say you've got to check the fruit. If it doesn't bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Anybody here, you have exceptions. You're like, yeah, but that doesn't really count here. Listen, I'll say this, this last thing. I have a buddy. Uh, he went as a chaplain in Ukraine to the front with the Russian arm, against the Russian army. This is a buddy who preaches this gospel. And I remember Viti, I was like, oh, bro. He's literally going into a hellhole where horrible things are being done. Utter injustice. And I thought, man, is the, and I, and I literally asked him, is the gospel still good there? And he came out joyfully, happily singing. It's still good. It's still good. It's still good. Listen, the, don't allow the, the, the exceptions out there to deny you the ability to submit to God in your heart in the places he's got you right now. Listen, you have your own battles, your own places that you've got to come to a place of peace, love, hope, and joy. And he'll bring you there. If we could have the worship team come up. I just, again, it's not complicated. If you don't yet have joy, peace, and hope in a situation, you haven't yet seen it from his perspective. That's all I'm saying. If we could stand. Father, I ask right now that you would give us courage to believe you are enough. You are enough for this relationship. You are enough for this situation. Listen, don't try to deal with your whole life. He's only got one particular relationship he's been talking to you about. Don't get it twisted. You, you know the one. There's one particular relationship. Don't, don't try to do a deep dive into your whole life. There's one area. God, and just ask him with me, God, can you protect me if I show up with my whole heart here? Can you protect me if I honor even when they're not dishonorable? Can you protect my heart? Can you protect me Can you guide me? Can you fill me? Can you give me creative solutions? Can you show me how to stand firm on what you've shown me and still walk in love? God, I believe. Help my unbelief. Let's worship.